Welcome to Raider Church. This is week three of a series we've been in called Greater Things. My name is Clayton Walker. I'm one of the pastors here at Raider Church. And before we get started, okay, I just want to address two things, okay? The first thing is I just want to celebrate what God has done over the last two weeks. We've had 10 students commit their life to Christ over the last two weeks at Raider Church. Isn't that incredible? Not only that, we've had, we talked about this last week and the week before, but, but we've had eight students who said, hey, I want to go start uh, a discovery group. And what that is is where you, you invite your friends around you that maybe don't go to Raider Church uh, to start reading the Bible together. We've had eight students that have said, I, I want to go out and start like a discovery Bible study for people to discover who God is uh, for, for my friends or at my uh, sorority. And so, so that happened over the last two weeks. Eight different students have have gone out and started new groups. And if that's something that, that you want to do, come find us, come talk to us and, and we'll help you. We'll help you do that. And then finally this semester, like this spring semester, we've got 55 students in phase one or phase two. And, and those groups are training us, training you to go to the nation's long Term. And so we've got 55 students that are taking next steps and, and involved in, in training in small groups and world missions and, and are praying about going to unreached people groups long term. Isn't that incredible? 55 of you guys, 55 students that are looking and praying about going to the nations to take the gospel to unreached people. So it's just amazing. Okay. So, so that's the first thing. The second thing I want to address is something it, it, that I've been getting asked a lot about here recently. Um, and, and so I'm just going to address it. It's, I think it's an, just the big elephant in the room. And instead of ignoring it, uh, I'm just going to address it like head on. Okay. I'm just going to, I'm just going to confront it right now. Okay. And so the question is this, and, and many of you have asked me, bro, What's up with the beanies? Like you've been wearing beanies this semester. You've never worn a beanie before. Like you're wearing beanies this semester. Okay, I'm gonna address this. I know it's a huge deal. You guys have been messaging me. People coming up to me in the lobby asking me like, what's, why, why, why are you wearing the, the, the beanies now all the time? Okay, let, let me tell you, okay, the story behind the beanies, okay? So over the Christmas break, uh, my family goes to Rio Dosa and we're, we're there and we're hanging out. We're having a good time. And, and uh, we had been doing this sledding thing that morning and I was wearing a, a beanie that day. And um, my wife looked at me with this look, okay? And, and it's hard to explain, okay? But we're married and so a look like this is okay. And so she, but she looked at me with this look like, And I, I realized she was looking at me and I said, what, what's going on? And um, she said, I, you just, you look really good in a beanie. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I went out and bought like every color in the rainbow. And, and so, and, and, and so, you know what they say, happy wife, happy husband. That leads to a happy life. Happy wife, happy husband, happy life. And so even if you're like, bro, I don't like the beanies. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> My wife likes it. And that's what's most important. Okay, so, so that's the story behind the beanies. All right, okay, if you got a Bible, John 14. John chapter 14 is where we're going to be tonight. We're going to read this verse here in a second. This is the verse that's been kind of the central passage 
in this series that we've been in called Greater Things. Two weeks ago, the beginning of the semester, we launched, we talked about God's greater plan for your life, that God has a huge plan for your life. Then last week we said God has a huge, great purpose for your life. And so we talked about God's greater purpose for us is not sit in chairs as Christians for the rest of our life, but is to be an arrow in the hands of God uh, that, that's, that's shot out and released to go do the ministry that God has planned for you, the works that God has planned for you. Today, we're gonna, tonight we're going to be talking about the greater power that God has for us. But before we do that, you can go ahead and go to John 14 or go to RadioChurch.com and, and select sermon notes and you can kind of follow along with us there. The verses are there uh, for you as well. How many of you have watched, and, and I just got to figure this out, okay, because I, I, I know this is like you're a younger generation than I am. I'm like on the, the borderline of being millennial, so technically, like, I, I, and this makes me feel a lot better, and you just kind of agree and nod along with me. I, I'm a millennial, you know, just like you, and so that makes me feel a whole lot younger, um, but some of you are like, I, I, don't, I don't know about that, but... but um, but just trust me, I am. So, so, um, so, but I, I don't know how many of you guys know this movie or have seen this movie, but it's called Christmas Vacation. Anybody seen that movie in, in the room? Okay, about half of you have seen this. So this is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase in it, okay? It, it's really, to me, it's the funniest movie ever, okay? And as I tell you that, like, I want to warn you, and, and because my mom made this mistake, like, she, she wanted our whole family, we had watched this movie on TV, and so she wanted our whole family to see Christmas Vacation, she thought it was the funniest thing she'd ever seen. And so she got our whole family together, like, kids of all ages, and, and aunts, and uncles, and brothers, and sisters, and everybody, and she rents Christmas Vacation, and she puts it, at this time it was a VCR, I know some of you don't know what that is, but she puts it in a VCR and, and she plays this movie and it's, it's pretty bad. Like, like there's a lot of bad language in it and all kinds of stuff and she's flipping out like, cause she didn't see all the bad language when she watched it on TV. And so she's like running up to the VCR and she's trying to stop it while all this language is going off and, and me and my brothers and all these little kids, all of our cousins are, are watching this at Christmas and we're thinking, mom, why did, did you have us watch this at Christmas? Like we're supposed to be celebrating Jesus, not watching this kind of bad language, you know, but so she's, she's freaking out. So, so watch the, the TV edited version. Okay. There's your kind of encouragement from a pastor. All right. So, so Christmas vacation. Okay. So it's one of the funniest movies ever. This guy, Clark, W. Griswold, okay, is out in his lawn and uh, he's putting all, to all these Christmas lights on his house, like tons and tons of Christmas lights. And he's trying to get it to work, but he can't. He keeps plugging all of it in and, and nothing's working. Like he doesn't, he can't figure out why the lights on his house won't come on. And so he's getting so frustrated. In fact, he gets so frustrated that he runs over and he's got this Santa with the sleigh and the, and the reindeer and he starts chopping and punching the reindeer and cutting off all their, their antlers. And then he gets to the Santa Claus and he's punching the Santa Claus in the face. And then he kicks the Santa Claus and it goes flying up in the air. And then he goes over and while all this is happening, his wife knows he's struggling with this and she realizes the power is not turned on. There's a switch in their garage that turns the power on to where all the lights are plugged in. She realizes it. She goes and flips the switch at the same time. He's taking the power cords one last time and throwing them together. And he takes the power cords. He's going, go, 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 go. And he smacks them together. Sparks fly. The lights come on. Everyone's freaking out. He's excited because the lights came on with no power. There was no lights. When the power was on, the lights came on. 
And everyone sings hallelujah, and then Cousin Eddie shows up, and it's one of the funniest scenes ever. Okay, so, so Christmas Vacation, TV edited version. But one of the things you'll, you, you see if you've ever worked with Christmas lights, and I've done it many times, okay, when the power's on, the lights come on. No power, no lights. And some of us are living the Christian life with zero to little power. We're doing it on our own. And when we do it on our own, we're going to get frustrated. And we may just like Clark, like punch someone in the face. Okay. Because we get so impatient. We get so frustrated because we can't stop doing this. We can't start doing this. I try so hard and I keep falling. I I keep failing. I'm struggling with this. I continue to battle with this. And so we struggle and we get frustrated because we're doing the Christian life with no power. We're trying to do it on our own, in our own strength, in our own power. No power, no lights though. And so it's no wonder that many of us walk around very weak in our faith, weak at life, defeated, continuing to struggle with sin, and not ever seeing any victory. Because we try to do the Christian life without the power that we need to do it. And you see, what you're gonna see tonight is if you want the greater plans and the greater purpose that we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, you're, you're never going to experience those things or live those things without God's greater power. So let's see, John 14, starting in verse 12, it says this. Jesus said, he's talking to the disciples, they're upset, he's leaving, and and, and they're upset. And so he's trying to bring them some comfort and peace and and reassurance that even though he's leaving, things are gonna be okay. So the disciples are upset, they've left everything to follow Jesus, and Jesus is saying, guys, I'm I'm, I'm leaving, I'm I'm gonna go back to be with my father. And they're trying to figure, what are we gonna do? Like, how are we gonna continue on? You've been with us this whole time. And and we're still struggling. We still haven't figured it all. So you've been with us and you're going to leave us. So how are we going to keep doing this? How are we going to keep on? And Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me, watch this, will do the same works I have done. And then he tells them this. And even greater works. You'll do greater things than I've done. Because, watch what he says. I am going to be with the Father. Jesus says, you're going to do greater things than me because I am going to be with the Father. And they're thinking, how how does that help us? You're, You're going to be with the Father like... How does that help us accomplish the the greater things? You're leaving us, right? You're you're not going to be with us anymore. So so how do we get to experience and live the greater plan and and the greater purpose and and do the the greater things that you're talking about that that we're going to be able to do? If you're leaving us and you're going away and Jesus says, I'm going to be with the Father. And then they're like, so what then? And Jesus continues. Verse 13. Here's the next verse. He tells him, you can ask, you'll be able to ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the son can bring glory to the father. 
Yes, ask for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, obey my commandments. So Jesus is saying, you can ask, you'll be able to ask because I'm going to the Father. You'll be able to ask for things in my name that will bring glory to the Father. In other words, things that would be on my heart that will bring glory to the Father. You can ask for those things. And if you're loving me and because you love me, you're obeying me and you're seeking me, you ask for things then in my name. He said, and I'll, I'll do it. Because I'm going to the Father, you're going to be able to do this. So watch what's next. Next verse, he says, and I will ask for the Father, Jesus said. And then here's the key right here. And he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. And here's what the Holy Spirit does. Leads you into all truth, Jesus said. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. But when the Father sends the advocate, my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. So Jesus says, he actually told the disciples, it's better that I go. It's better that I go to the Father so that if you believe in me, you can receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will never leave you. And Jesus would tell them the Holy Spirit will live in you and will guide you and will teach you and will remind you, Jesus said. So yes, I, I've been with you, but to do the greater things, like to experience the, the greater plan and, and, the, and the greater purpose that I have for your life, I must go to the Father and then I will send you the Holy Spirit, that greater power, that will come into you and live in you. Ephesians 1 teaches us, if you're a follower of Jesus, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. At that moment when you put your faith and trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin, and you begin that relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. It's the presence of God living inside of you. And so in the Old Testament, we saw God was with his people through the tabernacle and then through the temple, like in this physical dwelling. He was in one place on earth and, and he resided with his people in that way. And he would meet with his people and they would meet with him in that way. And then through Jesus and the gospels, we see God again residing with his people, with his people, doing life with his people in Jesus, the son of God. But through the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, if this is going to be better, Jesus told the disciples, God is going to be with you by indwelling you with his very presence. And here's why this is better. Because when you receive the Holy Spirit, God will change you from the inside out. There will no longer be external pressure to conform there will no longer be this external forcing of doing the right thing. The Bible says in the new covenant, God would place his spirit within us and it would move us. It would move us from within, like from within our heart, like our heart would change. Our desires would change. Our dreams would change. We would be given this new passion, new ability that we never had before through the power of the Holy Spirit residing within us and changing us from the inside out. 
So Jesus said, it's better. It's, it's better if I go. They're wondering, how, how are we going to continue on to do this? If you're going to be with the Father, and she said, listen, if I go to be with the Father, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and it's better. It's better if I go because the Spirit's going to indwell you and change you from the inside out and give you new desires and new dreams and new passions. You didn't have those things before, but you do now. You didn't care about reading the Bible before, but you do now. You didn't care about going to church before or being in, in a Christian community of believers, but now you do because you have the Holy Spirit. It's changed your desires. It's changed your You didn't care about singing worship music before you became, became a follower of Jesus, but now you are a follower of Jesus. So you want to worship and you want to sing about the Jesus who saved you and rescued you from your sin. Your life changed. Your desires change. But listen, if that hasn't happened in you, you haven't seen that change of desire in your heart. You haven't seen the, the, the new passions, the new dreams. You haven't seen your desires change to have a longing for God, to be in relationship with God, to grow in your relationship with God. If you don't have that longing in your heart, And the Bible would say, you're not a child of God. You're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you've been doing the religious thing. Maybe you've been going to doing, doing the church thing, but you haven't really given your life to Christ yet. Paul would say, test and see, test, examine yourself. See whether you're in the faith or not. And so I would invite you tonight to, say, to test yourself. You don't have this desire. You don't have this burning passion to know and to follow Jesus and to turn from sin and to worship Jesus and to serve Jesus. If that's not you, then test yourself, examine yourself, see if you're really in the faith or if you've just been doing this religious thing your whole life. You've been going to church because your parents took you. If there hasn't been a change of heart and change of desires and new things don't fire you up now, then Paul would say, maybe you're not really in the faith. Maybe you haven't really given your life to Jesus because if you had, you would have received the Holy Spirit and there would be a new desires and new passions. And even as I'm talking right now and we're talking about God's word, your heart's beating a little bit faster saying, yes, I want that. Yes, that's not totally true but in my life yet, but I want that. I need that. Yes, yes, more, more. That's what your heart is saying right now if you're a follower of Jesus. It's beating for more. So Jesus said it's better. It's better if I go because you will receive the Holy Spirit because we need that greater power to experience the greater things. So check this out. To live the greater things, to experience the greater things, you need the greater power. You've been here the last week. We've been talking about these greater things, God's greater plan for your life, his greater purpose for your life. You want those things you want to live those things? You want to live out God's plan for your life, his huge plan for your life? You want to experience God's greater purpose in your life and for him to use you? Then you need the greater power, the Holy Spirit burning inside of you. And here's some things that we need the Holy Spirit for. Check this out. Watch this. 
You need the greater power, the Holy Spirit, for wisdom. For wisdom. You've got decisions to make. You're considering relationships that you're in and whether or not maybe this is who, who, who God might have for you. You're questioning maybe your, your major. You're praying about what you should major in. You're, you're praying about what you, what you should do on, on Friday night, on Saturday night. You need wisdom. You need wisdom from God for those decisions. You're, you're, you're going to graduate. You're approaching graduation and, and you're looking for that, that job that you're going to take. You need wisdom from God to help you make that decision. You need God's greater power for wisdom. Jesus said, remember what he said in, in John 14, the Holy Spirit would lead you and guide you into all truth. And some of you are here tonight and you're believing lies. You're believing lies about yourself, like who you are and the way that God sees you and the way that other people see you and the way that you see yourself. You're believing lies and you don't even know it. It's why maybe you walk around defeated or depressed or anxious. Some of the reasons, some. Sometimes there's a, a, an actual physical disorder going on. Sometimes it's because you're believing lies about who you are. You don't understand the truth of, of God in the way that he sees you as his son or as his daughter. You know, some people have asked about, I got a, a tattoo here, another one. Um, last summer, and one of the reasons I got it is because First Peter two nine says, "But you are a chosen nation, a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God." Did you did you know that if you're a follower of Jesus, you're it, you're royalty now. You're a part of a royal priesthood. You're a child of the King. which means all that is his is yours. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're a chosen nation. You're, you're a royal priesthood. You're a people now who belong to God. You belong to him. Like he wants you. That, that's who you are. Some of you are believing lies about who you are and your identity and you're insecure because you don't know God's truth. And tonight, you need to ask God, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit so that I can be led and guided into truth. I'm believing lies about myself. I need to believe the truth, but I can't do that without you, God. And so fill me with the, your Holy Spirit. Fill me with the greater power so that I can be led into wisdom, led into truth. We need wisdom from God for decisions. We need wisdom from God so that we are led and guided in truth and we live our lives in truth, not believing lies. So we need God's greater power for wisdom. Secondly, we need God's greater power to overcome. In Acts 3 and 4, Peter and John and the disciples are warned to no longer talk about Jesus. In fact, they're told if you keep talking about Jesus, you're going to continue to experience more and more beatings, more and more imprisonment, and even death. 
And you would think that they would have been discouraged, that they would have been fearful, that they would have felt defeated. But that wasn't the case. Why? Well, in Acts 2, they had received the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. When they're warned, when they're threatened, they go back to the church, to the community of believers. They get together and pray, and they say, God, you, you, you've heard their threats. Now enable us, your servants, to speak your word with boldness anyways. Like, they weren't praying for no persecution. They were praying for more boldness on top of boldness in spite of the threats. When you are filled with God's spirit and you have that greater power living and working within you, it allows you to overcome fear, overcome anxiety, overcome weakness, overcome doubt. Some of you are filled with doubt. You're filled with worry. You're, you're, you're filled with, with fear. And tonight, I just want to tell you, you need to invite, I want to challenge you, you need to invite God's spirit to, to fill you with greater power to overcome that fear, that weakness, that anxiety, that doubt, that worry. You're living in that day after day because you're not filled up with God's greater power to overcome those things, but that's available to you. God's greater power to overcome. Next, God's greater power to repent, to turn from sin. You know, there's a reason it's called the Holy Spirit. Because when you're given God's spirit and you're filled with the spirit, you're given a desire for holiness. Your heart changes, your desires change. You no longer want sin, you no longer desire sin. And when you do mess up, when you do screw up, there's this very real knowledge that that's not me, that's not who I am, that's not what I want. I may fall, I may stumble, but that's not who I am. That's not what I want anymore because you've been given the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gives you a desire for holiness. And so if you're struggling with sin, whether that's getting drunk or, or, or getting high or porn or sex or whatever it might be, you're struggling in sin, you continue to go back to sin, you need to pray that God would fill you with his Holy Spirit and give you greater power to repent and turn from sin and give you a desire for holiness. The Holy Spirit gives us a desire for holiness. And it gives us the power, the ability, the supernatural ability, because we can't do it on our own. We can't fight sin on our own. We, we can't turn from that stuff on our own. We need the Holy Spirit's greater power working inside of us to change us from the inside out. So we need God's greater power to repent. Next, we need God's greater power, the Holy Spirit, to enable us to speak. Jesus told the disciples in Acts verse one, or Acts one verse eight, he told them, hey, you're gonna go be my witnesses and you're gonna receive power. You'll receive power and you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Some of us aren't being a witness. We're not telling other people about Jesus, which the disciples of the early church couldn't stop telling people about Jesus. They couldn't help but tell people about Jesus. They, told, they said over and over and over, we can't help but talk about what we've seen and heard. They couldn't help it because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And the Holy Spirit gave them greater power to speak. They were fearful before. We've talked about this before, how after the crucifixion, the disciples were huddled up in a house. They were scared. They were fearful that they were next. When Jesus was on trial, there was a little girl that was telling Peter, hey, aren't you one of those followers of Jesus? And, and Peter, overcome with fear, denied that he even knew Jesus or even followed him. Yet in Acts 2, Peter's now filled with the Holy Spirit, and in Acts 2, it says that he stands up, he raises his voice, and he addresses the crowd, and he begins to talk about Jesus to the very crowd that crucified him and to the very crowd that he denied him in front of because now he's been filled with the Holy Spirit, and now he's enabled to speak God's word with great boldness. In Acts 4, they're praying together. They're praying for power. They're praying for courage. They're praying for boldness in spite of the threats. And they're praying, and it says in Acts 4, verse 31, that they were all praying, and the place was, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and the building shook, it physically shook, and then it says, and then they all went out and spoke the word with great boldness. They were filled with the Spirit, God's greater power, and they went out and spoke. You and I, as followers, we, we, we need the Holy Spirit to fill us with greater power so that we'll be bold to go out and talk about Jesus and what he's done for us. First Timothy, Paul told Timothy, he said, you haven't been given a spirit of timidity. Many of us as Christians, we're, we're timid. We're weak. We're shy. We don't, we don't want to talk about Jesus and what he's done for us. Paul told Timothy, you haven't been given a spirit of timidity. You've been given a spirit of power. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you can't help but talk about Jesus. Because you've been given God's greater power to speak. Next, we need God's greater power for healing. For healing. You know, in Acts 3, Peter and John are walking up to this prayer meeting and they, they see this guy who's lame and he's been lame from, from birth. And he's asking them for money and Peter and John said, we don't, we don't have any money, but what we have, we, we give to you in the name of Jesus. And they reach out their hand and they tell him to get up and walk and he gets up and he walks. This crowd forms, everybody's wondering what's going on. Peter says, why, why are you surprised that this man is walking? I mean, imagine knowing someone who'd been lame from birth and now he's up walking around and running around. And so the, the, a crowd of hundreds began to form. And Peter said this, complete healing is available in Jesus' name. About a year ago, there's an older guy I know, his name's Shane. I've known him for a long time and he had been diagnosed with this disease in his lungs, I believe it's called IBF, and it was a terminal illness. And the only choices were lung transplant, which wasn't going to be likely for him in his case, or death. And so several of us found out about this, and, and after church one Sunday, we asked if we could pray for him, and so we got a bunch of people in the lobby of this church after church one Sunday and, and we prayed for him, this was a year ago. He was gonna to go to San Antonio that week to meet with a specialist to see what they could do. Everywhere he went, he had a breathing machine. 
that he carried that had the tube that went up to his nose to help him breathe because he couldn't breathe on his own without it. And so we gathered around him and we prayed over him. And he left and he got in his car with his wife and he said, you know, how could I pray and ask God for healing and have people pray for me for healing and not expect and believe for it to happen? And so he took off his breathing machine. He didn't tell any of us. He just took it off in the car ride home. And he continued to breathe just fine that week. This is a year ago. I mean, I, I know this man. That week, he went to San Antonio to see a specialist, and, and the specialist told him, he said, Shane, I, I don't know what to tell you, but there's, there's no IBF here. Like, you, you're going to be fine. He continued to go back, no issues. The doctors couldn't even believe it. In fact, they still couldn't believe it, so they wouldn't even allow him, they wouldn't clear him to fly in planes. They, they still wouldn't because they just couldn't believe that he was healed. He continued to go back for uh, exam after exam all last year. They continued to tell him there's nothing there, there's nothing there, there's nothing there. He finally, last summer, they gave him clearance to fly again. The doctors had told him, you're, you've got a terminal illness, you're, you're going to die. They, they expected him to die. And we prayed and and he was healed. That's what we believe. That doesn't happen every time, but it happened that time. God moved and healed him. And Shane's alive today. Jesus told the disciples, you'll do the things that I've been doing. In fact, you'll do even greater things. Jesus told the disciples, you're going to go and make disciples of all the nations. But he also told them, and a lot of us don't want to think about this or, 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 or reference this or, or talk about this as much because we just don't see it happen as much in our day, in our time, at least in our country. But, but he also told them, go out, cure the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Those are the other things he told them to do. We just don't see those things a whole lot, so we don't really like to talk about those things a whole lot. But I've seen those things happen in other countries. And I've seen it right in front of my eyes happen here in our country. And Jesus said it. You believe in me? You'll do the things that I've been doing. You'll do even greater things. You see, those that have God's greater power experience and live these things. Because remember what we said. You want to live the greater things. Then you need the greater power. And here's what ends up happening. You begin to live these things. You begin to experience wisdom and overcome and you start, you're repenting from sin and you're speaking with boldness and you're seeing people get healed and you're seeing healing in your own life. And what happens is you begin to have this burning passion and fire you didn't have before. Like you've got this burning passion for the things of God and for spiritual things you never had before. And what always happens with a fire? It spreads. It spreads to other people. And so not only do you need God's greater power to experience those greater things, but they need God's greater power to experience the greater things. 
And the way they're going to experience, the way the outside world is going to experience God's greater power and the greater things that God has for them is if you are living in God's greater power and you are living and experience these greater things. In 2009, Jeff Sundell and his wife were a missionary couple overseas and they moved back home to the U.S. and they moved to, to North Carolina into an old mill town in North Carolina. And when they got there, they're, they're, they're on fire for Jesus. They're, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. When they got there, they immediately went to the three toughest neighborhoods in their community and they began prayer walking and praying and asking God to bring people into their lives that they could pray for. And as they encountered people, as they were prayer walking, here's what they asked him. They said, if God's real and he could do a miracle in your life today, what would it be? And some people would tell them to get lost and some people would tell them what the miracle would be. And so then they would stop right there on the spot and pray for those people and pray that God would do a miracle in their life. Well, sure enough, after doing it enough times, some miracles started to happen. And those people became interested and knowing who God is. And so they began to do what we call a discovery group with them right there on their porch of their house where they began to read the Bible together and word began to spread that these people were, were in their neighborhood and they were praying for people and some supernatural things were happening and, and people were starting to read the Bible together. And so more and more people began to show up on this porch where there had previously been a meth lab in that house. And so they're on the porch and, and they're reading the Bible and more and more people are coming and, and people are bringing couches and they're setting them up in the grass in the yard and they're all, they're all there so that they can hear the, the Bible stories and so they can talk about it and this continued to grow and to spread and watch what happened. Watch what the results of this were. Now that meeting on that porch is a church to this day. At the time of the writing of this Book, over 20 people had been baptized. Disciples are meeting now in three other simple neighborhood churches. That church multiplied into three other churches. Jeff began to train people in other areas to do the same thing. And after two years, over 350 people are gathering in 73 different groups, different churches. Over 250 people were baptized in those two years. All because some on-fire followers of Jesus went and started praying for people and asking, if God could do a miracle in your life today, what would it be? And they would stop and pray for people on the spot. God can use every person in this room to do the exact same thing. He can. But here's the key. Peter said this in Acts 3, what I have, I give you. There's the key. What I have, I give you. You've got to have it first. There's got to be a fire in you. There's got to be the Holy Spirit burning in you. You've got to have God's greater power on your life. And then like Peter, you could say the same thing. What I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, give up. What I have, I give you.
You've got to have it first. You see, Peter was experiencing God's greater power in his life and he was experiencing those greater things. And so that led to other people experiencing God's greater power and living in those greater things. And so here's what's true for every follower of Jesus that's living in the power of the Holy Spirit and experiencing God's greater power to live out these greater things. Here's what always happens, what always is true. Watch this. Greater things in your life leads to greater things in their life. The greater power in your life is going to lead to greater power in others' lives. The nature of a fire, the inherent nature of a fire is to spread. That's what happens. And so if that's not happening in your life, then maybe you can't say like Peter does, what I have, I give you because it's not there. Or maybe it once was and that fire has gone out. And so tonight we're gonna pray that that the fire of the Holy Spirit would fall on us and fill us and that we would be filled with God's greater power so that we can live the greater things, the greater plan, the greater purpose that God has for your life. We need God's greater power to live these greater things. And so here's my challenge for you this week. As we pray and and we ask God to do something in us, that you would go out like Peter and say, what I have, I I give to you. And you would do that by asking people, is there, if God, if God's real and he could do a miracle in your life, what would it be? I want to challenge you to go out and ask someone that this week. And then as you do and and, and people respond, somebody might tell you to get lost and, and who cares? That's fine. I mean, guys, most of you've been rejected once or twice or 10 times by some girl, you know, anyway, so who cares? Right? So You're going to go ask someone. I'm going to challenge you. Go ask someone. If God's real and he can do a miracle in your life, what would it be? And then I want to just invite you to, if something happens and you get to pray for someone, send us that story. Just direct message us on social media, or you can email me, Clayton at RaiderChurch.com. Just tell us, tell us the story. We just, we want to hear the stories of the way God is using you and the way that fire is spreading into other people this next week. But I want to challenge you to do that this week. But to do that, to give it away, it's got to be in you. And so we're going to pray for that tonight. We're going to ask God for that tonight. So let's stand. Our team's going to lead us in a time of worship. And as they do, we're going to pray and ask for God's greater power. And we're going to have prayer teams available all over the room tonight. I'm gonna be right there in the middle. There's a camera in the middle and uh, I'm gonna be right there behind that camera and I'd love to pray for you. But if there's something going on in your life and you need God's greater power to do a miracle in your life, whether that's to overcome something, whether that's wisdom for something, to repent and to turn from sin, or maybe you need God's greater power to help you speak with boldness this week, or maybe there's something wrong with you physically with an illness in in you or in a family member, and you wanna pray for God's greater power to bring healing into that situation, then our prayer team members are gonna pray for you. I'm gonna be out there to pray for you. So you just go up to them and tell them what the issue is, or you can come up to me and you can say, hey, this is what's going on, and I, I need God's greater power to come and to bring healing and change into this situation. And so God, tonight, 
as we worship and as we pray. God, we believe that complete healing is available in Jesus' name. And so, God, I pray for every person in this room tonight and everybody that's watching online right now, God, that you would bring complete healing in Jesus' name. God, head to toe, mentally, physically, emotionally, physically. God, would you bring complete healing in Jesus' name. And God, I pray that in this moment as we sing, God, that your Holy Spirit would come and fill us with the greater power, would fill us with fire. God, set us on fire. God, renew, rekindle that fire within the followers of Jesus in this room tonight. God, set us on fire for you so that it could be true of us like it was true of Peter, that what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk.